Welcome to And Podcast for All. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. Welcome to uh, Season 2, Episode 2. That makes it 2.2. Before we get started, Jeff, I got one thing to say, buddy. Oh, yeah? What's up? The more and more I watch the SNM2 DVD Blu-ray, the more I am just that more impressed. And you were there, too. So that says something. The weird thing is, is when you get the, yeah, when you're there and your box set arrives, you're you're not as excited as the other stuff because you're like, okay, I kind of know the gist. I was nice and close and got to see it all. Yep. But, but the three or four times I've watched the DVD Blu-ray now, the more I appreciate how well it's produced, how well it's edited. Those guys kicked serious ass putting this together. Oh, yeah. It is truly amazing from start to finish. Uh you know, quite the turnout on social media as far as the voting for SNM one versus SNM two, huh? Yeah, you're talking about our Instagram page. Yes, sir. I think it was sixty three, sixty four percent for SNM two. And you know what's funny is that many people voted for SNM two, but yet then all the comments, at least the ones that were posted, were people saying like, you know, the old Randy Jackson, like, yeah, it's going to be a no for me. Uh, I did see that. Yeah, you know, and then people were like, oh, no, SNM one, SNM one. So I was actually surprised that in the comments, uh, more people were voting for SNM one, but yet the overall turnout was for SNM two. Good point. Just wait till we get to some hate train mail about what you said last week, buddy. Oh, boy. Bring it on. <laughs> uh, this week is uh, pretty chill compared to the last couple weeks in uh, Metallica World. It seemed like the last two weeks our news was just a crazy blur of nonstop ticker tape news. Yeah, no, it's uh, with SNM2, you know, it was a big deal. Huge release. Obviously, we were focused on that, you know, having Edwin on the on the episode. So, but now we're moving forward and, you know, there's actually still some, some pretty big things. There was a, uh, did you read that they are the first rock act to have a number one song in four different decades? I did. I can't remember where I saw it. Might have been Rolling Stone, but yeah, that's not a bad stat to uh, chalk up on your award plaque. Right. You put out SNM two the week before, and then the next week you break a record like that. And then you come out with, um, I should say, knucklebones rock icon statues come out with a limited edition to 3000 of uh, the hardwired boys. Uh, What am I trying to say? They're like, uh, I don't know, figurines. They're die cast models. I don't know. (laughs) Very expensive toys. Very expensive toys. Kind of like the uh, Injustice for All uh, figurines that they had for the Damage Justice Tour. That was the McFarlane set, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and now we're talking about $549 for all four. It's a little spendy for some toys, and Kirk is looking a little different these days. <laughs> Ever since he's going to say, <laughs> all three out of the four look good. When I look at Kirk, it's like, eh, maybe it doesn't look exactly like him, but they got close. They took the wrong picture. The cool thing about those is they have floor monitors around the guys. Yeah, and the fact that they focused on their gear pretty pretty closely. I was surprised that they picked the Papa Het Explorer for James of all guitars, like not, you know, not a truckster, not the Iron Cross even as far as like modern era goes, but the Papa Het. 
seemed kind of odd, but I like it. Well, I think it's kind of hard to sell a toy that says eat fuck on it. Well, I mean, he could have done like the Ken Lawrence or, you know, like your favorite one, the James Trussart steal Les Paul. That's not my favorite one, bud. Oh, no, I forgot. Your favorite one is the uh, sunburst with the Bigsby for Creeping Death. That's not my favorite one either. <laughs> the Telecaster from Unforgiven 2. He's using that Les Paul Bigsby on uh, memory in S&M 2. That's right. Yep. Dude, put that guitar away. Oh, that guitar is amazing. All you guitar players like those sunburst, brown, orange, ugly-ass Les Pauls. And I'm like, dude, get the Explorer back out. Not everything needs to be metal. Yes, it does, especially when you're filming. I just don't see how you say, yo, give me that Les Paul Bigsby. I'm going to play Creeping Death with it in the arena tour. Fuck yeah. You just wait until we go back out on tour and you see what I decided to bring out this time around. <laughs> it better be a wave caster. It's going to be it's going to be a telecaster. And it's going to be filled with Jeff Winslow's urine. Hopefully I'll be able to preserve the urine, not let it get oh. stale. <laughs> Now you're just stealing from our season two trailer. Yeah, you know. I was going to fill it up with my own urine. I'm hearing a little bit of hate train coming down the road, down the tracks. Yeah, it's a it's a train. It doesn't go on the road. No road, but I hear it chugging down the uh, tracks. You want to kick off our uh, hate train section? I sure do. Let's see. Cheryl Magnuson from Des Moines, Iowa. Hey, we've been to Des Moines. Many times. I thought people liked us in Iowa. Huh. Let's see. Or I-35 meets I-80. We've driven through there 4,000 times and played there probably four times. Right. (laughs) All right. Cheryl says, Shane, what the hell? You're a pilot and don't even have the facts. What? Yeah. um, Buddy Holly, Big Bopper, and Valens died in the plane. Buddy was not alone. Bopper and Tommy also had a coin toss before they left the venue for the oh, airport right. that night because they were all tired and sick from touring in the bus with no heat. Ooh. And then she says, bread fan for the win. Yeah, Cheryl, you're out. Oh, yes. So I got my facts wrong on the plane crash, but she loves bread fan in the beginning. So the fact that she called you out, that gives me, oh. I'll give her a thumbs up for that. But the fact that she said bread fan for the win, I'm going to have to say thumbs down. Well, no, I take that back. If it's bread fan, just the song, thumbs up. But no, if it opener. adds, but she didn't say the opener. So if it's not, if she's not talking about the opener, then we're good. No beef. No beef. Last week you asked me who had the beef, and I guess I don't. I guess I had my facts. <laughs> my facts were wrong. I thought Buddy was the only one on that plane, but now that I think about it, it just came to me when you read that the big bopper. The Big Bopper's wife was pregnant uh, at the time of the crash. And then they uh, disinterred his body. And the first time his son got to see his father, the Big Bopper, is when they disinterred his body and they opened the casket up 48 years later and moved him to a different cemetery. Holy hell. How's that for a mind trip? Hi, nice to meet you. You're right. deceased. You're my father. You're a little looking a little dusty. That's got to be a, quite the uh, experience. Yeah, I, don't, I bet you don't forget that day. Yeah, no, that'll mess a kid's day up real quick. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Um, well, Cheryl from Des Moines, thanks for correcting me. I'll get uh, up to speed on my plane crash facts. 
Letter number two comes from uh, Nashville. Mr. Brian Olson says, Hi, guys. Love the show and would like to be a guest someday. Oh, okay. 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 Well, that's easy. All you have to do is email us at andpodcastforall at gmail.com and come on the show. He says, uh, this is directed to you, Jeff. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jeff mentioned SNM, SNM 1 was better than 2. I wanted to scream at the time I heard that, but understand it's sentimental to him as SNM 2 is to me. Glad we can have different opinions, especially during 2020 being an election year. Cheers, Brian. That's pretty cool. All right. Thumbs up to you, Brian. Yes, we're totally cool with having opposing views. To be honest, I really don't want everyone to think like me because then the world would be a pretty boring place. So little checks and balances ain't bad. You got to have some different opinions and when we can share them on a podcast for all, it's all good, man. Thanks, Brian. We're open to all opinions and views, so all, come all. There is no collusion. Come all, see all, scream all, rock all. Amen, brother. (laughs) What else we got? Oh, let's see. Oh, go ahead. Um, As we send the uh, hate train down the tracks, I got to share some happy mail, some, some, some positive mail here. Everything's been positive, but this is pretty cool. I'm up for some uplifting news. Amy Weston. I'll keep this short and sweet. Hey, dudes. She's from Council Bluffs, Iowa. I think that's right outside of uh, Omaha. Hey, dudes. Check this out. Can my 11-year-old daughter be a guest on the show someday? Wow. Wow. We listen to every episode in the car, and I swear she knows more trivia than anyone. (laughs) She has a junior KH guitar and is learning fast. Isn't that the mini version of the LTD? Yeah, yep. It does. Uh, it's a three-quarter scale, and I believe it's string through the body. I don't think it has a Floyd on it. She has a junior Kirk Hammett guitar and is learning fast. We saw Metallica for the first time two years ago in Lincoln, Nebraska. Shane, I think you mentioned you were at that show with Camilla. Uh, that is correct. That's when they played Unforgiven 3, and my jaw dropped down below the uh, barricade. Oh, yeah, the night after I saw them, and I missed two of the songs i wanted to hear hey but you got clover dude minneapolis i know but they played dream in lincoln and i wanted to hear that uh they played dream in grand forks and i remember texting you going oh Oh, jeff right it was grand forks your song's (laughs) on bud (laughs) oh man missed it by one day uh she says salmon lincoln blah 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 my daughter was hooked from that point on amy from council bluffs iowa Dude, that's pretty cool that an 11-year-old can rock our Jump in the Fire trivia from Season 1. I'll tell but you I'm, what. Oh, go ahead. But I'm also thinking of what that 11-year-old has heard you and I say on the first 15 episodes. I know. Now I'm feeling like I want to <laughs> make sure I don't say anything bad now. Now that I for sure know that there's younger ears listening, I feel like I'm going to be more sensitive to what I say. You won't be. You'll still get in that heated discussion about Judas Kiss and Apocalypse with Camilla. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amy, thanks for the message. Uh, Hello to your daughter, and of course she can come on the show. I think we could have some fun with that. I'll tell you what. We'll take it a step further. When we can finally get back to playing, if we play a show near you, come on out, and your daughter can come on stage and jam with us. Boom. And that was that. Mic drop. Uh, Let's get to our guest, huh? Yeah, let's do it, man. Labor Day weekend, here we are on a late Friday night, Season 2, Episode 2, 
dude, we are going out to uh, Pa Tucket, Rhode Island, just outside of Providence. All right. I love the East Coast. Got to get me some lobster when I'm out there. Fun area. Uh, our guest tonight plays bass in an Aerosmith tribute band. All right. Has quite the uh, photography. Um, what am I trying to say here? Portfolio. He has photographed Kissed, Volbeat, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax, a ton of Judas Priest, and Metallica. Yeah, when you told me his name, I uh, I had to look at look it up and find Instagram, and wow, some pretty cool front row shots, man. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. Well, let's quit uh, the cycle babble and uh, get to the bread and butter from Pawtucket, Rhode Island. The one and only Mr. Justin Hunt. What's up, Justin? How are you guys? We are doing great, man. Thanks for joining us on a late night uh, holiday weekend. Yeah, of course. I forgot to mention in the intro, you also run the chapter Road the Lightning. How cool is that? Yeah, Road the Lightning. We used to be hardwired New England, uh, but at the time since we've started, there's a Massachusetts chapter that's come up that's been kind of successful. So we figured rather than sort of overlapping on the territory at all, you know, we'd sort of go hand in hand. So now we're neighboring chapters, sister chapters, all that. So we're Road the Lightning now. I gotta say, I've heard of a lot of chapters. We've we've had a lot of people from a lot of different chapters. And I gotta say that name probably is my favorite one that I've heard yet. That is awesome, dude. I love it. I, I'm a big fan of the Outlaw Corn. I think that's a pretty good one out there. I do like the Outlaw Corn. Yep. We 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 like their we like their shirts too, but yep. man Road the Lightning, that's just its a great play on words. I love it. We came up with the name about six months after we came up with Hardwired New England. I'm like, damn, I wish we came up with this quicker. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of been sitting in our brains for a few years, and we finally decided to make the switch. That's solid, Justin. And for those listening, it is spelled R-H-O-D-E, Road the Lightning. Right. Yep. So cool. Is that the only one in Rhode Island? That is, yeah. So it's a small state. There's not a lot of Metallica fans here, but... You know, there's a few of us, at least. The ones that are there are all part of the chapter, huh? Yeah. <laughs> all 12 of us in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> what is only like, isn't it part of those states only like 30 miles wide? Yeah, I mean, it's it takes you about a half hour to get across the state at any point. That's crazy. And everything's so intertwined here. You know, I, I live in Rhode Island, I work in Rhode Island, but I have to cross through Massachusetts on my way. Watch those freeways. Wow, that's cool. Look out for them freeways. Yeah, exactly. Well, Justin, once again, welcome to a podcast for all where you, the fan, drive the discussion. Uh, what do you want to talk about tonight? Well, I mean, you know, we we have that whole tribute band connection. You, know, you, you guys with one, and so I've been playing with Draw the Line and Aerosmith Tribute since 2005. I started with them. Okay. How long has the band been together? Uh, they started in 91. Holy shit. I, I wasn't there because I was five. <laughs> Hey, that's kind of like that's kind of like when this band started. I was young too because I'm the youngest one in my band. Yep. <laughs> Draw the line in '91, and you came on in what'd you say, '05? Yeah, 2005. I, I was 18 at the time. My, wow. my high school girlfriend was a diehard Aerosmith fan, and she used to go see these guys all the time. They'd have you know these parties in Boston around Aerosmith shows, and she used to see them all the time. And so we started going to see them. And once we were 18, we started working for the band and we were selling merchandise at their shows. We'd go to all the local shows and 
we just sit at the table and hawk t-shirts for them. And uh, then I just happened to be sitting there and they were discussing they needed a fill-in bass player for a couple of shows that summer. And I was like, uh, I can do it. Right here. This guy knows how to play the bass. I slap it a bass, man. Dude, yep. that is so cool. It's that... The cool thing is, is the tribute band's based in the town that Aerosmith's based in. Right. That's yeah, pretty cool. Uh, there's, definitely there. a, there's definitely a cool thing out of being a Boston-based Aerosmith tribute. But when you go to these local shows, everybody in New England has an Aerosmith story. Like, oh, they played at my prom, or I see Steven Tyler at the gas station, and everybody's got a story. And they're great to hear, but everybody's got a story. That's pretty cool. Every time I'm in Boston, everyone, everyone hears Boston and thinks this this big, you know, megatown community, but that's that's really a tight knit kind of part of the country there. For sure it is. I love Boston. I remember last time we were there, I had an absolutely great time there. It was it was awesome. Don't quote me on this, but I think the town we played in was called Salisbury. No, yeah. that's up north. Salisbury Mass. Jeff, remember that the venue, the dressing room was out over the water and those waves were crashing underneath yep. the dressing room and the doors and the mirrors were shaking. That venue was crazy as far as the dressing room alone just made it. Yeah, it was like one of those where like, what do they call it? When the logs are in the ocean holding the building them up. Yeah, there were, yeah there was like pillars basically. Pillars, sorry. <clears throat> and then, yeah, like every other wave that would come up. And I mean, our dressing room was probably 15 feet off the ground. And it would splash all the way up over the roof and everything. It was crazy. But yeah, we were able to, when we were in Boston, we, we caught a game when we were there. So that was cool. Nice. Well, you, you got to go to Fenway, right, Justin? You yeah, have to. Of course. Saw a great game at Fenway. And then we had a night off. Ate at Wahlburgers. <laughs> yeah, you and Pizzle had to go to Wahlburgers. Who, le- who leaves a tied baseball game in the bottom of the seventh to go check out Wahlburgers? Okay, just so we're clear, I wanted to stay until the end, but he was afraid that everyone was going to leave and not go tough. to. So Tough shit. Well, and the thing is, is you know he's not big into baseball anyways. If it was up to me, I would have stayed the whole game. Tough shit. Bass players can take care of themselves, right, Justin? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Does uh, Draw the Line just play the Boston area? Are they all up and down the East Coast? No, I mean, we play all over the country. You know, we've played nice. international. It's It's been a pretty cool thing. So I did it full-time for about four years, and then I left the band in 2009. And uh, then about three years later, the guy who replaced me, they asked me to fill in for a couple of shows. And I said, hey, he's actually leaving the band. If, if you'd like the gig full time, it's yours. And I turned it down because you know, the reasons that I left still kind of applied. Uh, but since 2012, I've, I've been filling in with them. And for whatever reason, they've just never found a full time bass player. There's about three or four of us that they rotate between all of us. You know, They just go down the list. They call one guy, the next, the next. And between the four of us, we get them all done. And so it's kind of been the best of both worlds for me since then I get to have the fun of playing and you know, doing any of the shows that I can, but I also don't have to have that commitment to doing every single show. Oh, that's huge. Glad the schedule works out. Where, yeah. are, where are some of the places you guys have toured uh, internationally? Uh, internationally, we, we've played, uh, I've been to Mexico, I think three or four times. Oh, very cool. Uh, we've played in Trinidad. Oh, wow. Which, which was pretty neat. We played in Honduras. Um, wow. Damn. 
we we've done uh, we've played on a handful of cruises. We were playing with Royal Caribbean for, for maybe about three or four years. We'd go on a cruise about four times a year, which was wow. great because they they treat us. We as a guest entertainer, you kind of ride the line between uh, being a guest and being crew, and so they put you in guest cabins. You know, we've got our own rooms. You know, whereas all the crew are down in these little tiny rooms. You know, three to a room, just a you know a window about six inches wide. Where they're about ten feet under the water line. Exactly, and uh, you know we get to do whatever we want, and then show up, play the show, and then hit the buffet. That's way cool. How often on the ship would you play every day? Uh, it would usually we'd end up playing four times, and we'd be on the ship for anywhere from four to seven nights. Jeff, we're in the. Uh, we need a new booking agent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. We seven we've, day cruise, play a couple hits in the afternoon. Yeah, that's, play a couple hits at night. Go to the buffet, hit the casino. That seems. Uh, <laughs> that's like jackpot Nevada easy. <laughs> oh, it's a cakewalk there. Yeah, a lot of times they'd have us coming out of New Jersey. They have a ship that goes down to the Caribbean from there, and usually they'd have us on for half the cruise. So we'd either head to New Jersey and then sail down and fly back, or we'd fly down, meet them, and sail back. And it was always nicer to fly down and meet them because they always want you in the town that you're in the ship the night before to make sure you're there. Sure. So it's always great when you're joining the ship there because they're flying you down to Puerto Rico or wherever, and you get to spend a night there and see some sights and enjoy the beach before the ship arrives. So backline gear supplied, you guys just show up with guitars and you're exactly. ready to go? That's it. Boy, that's smooth. How long has your uh, Steven Tyler been in the group? Uh, so he, he's been in it since the beginning. I, when it originally started, it was just another. Since 91? It was, yeah, I, I believe he joined in 91. It was just a cover band originally. It wasn't an Aerosmith tribute band. Right. Um, and then he joined, and they were kind of like, you know, he really looks like Steven Tyler. Maybe we should just go with that full time. Interesting how many times since 91 he is saying, uh, get a grip. Or dream on. Dream on for sure. We, <laughs> we spent in 2006, we spent a week playing at Epcot in Disney World at the, the big theater back in the America Pavilion. Very cool. And uh, so we would play three 40 minute sets every day for seven days. Damn. And, and they were all different crowds. They would rotate a new crowd in for each show. So a totally different set list for 40 minutes. That's a short set. It, it's really short and we you know we try to keep it fresh for ourselves but you got to figure there's these people who are only seeing you that one time right so of the 21 shows over the week we played dream on 20 times oh god <laughs> that would be like us and sandman exactly puppet sandman one and we're done yeah especially <laughs> one i'll tell you what i've uh, that I love the song to death, but me and my bass player, we have this thing where it's not really our favorite song to play live, but there's this kind of conundrum because the band's name is one, so we kind of <laughs> have to play it. <laughs> so that song never gets uh, skipped. I think we've maybe skipped it once or twice ever. It's one of those ones you have to play. Yeah, you just have to do it. Every night, man. Wow, that's uh, between the cruises in Trinidad, Honduras, Epcot. You've covered some ground there, Justin. Congrats. Yeah, and then, and then we've been all over the country. You know, we've we've played Bike Week at Sturgis. We've played in California regularly. We we played at the Whiskey A Go Go back in 2013, which was really cool. Oh, that's Ooh, super cool. Bucket list there, I bet. That's one that we've been trying to do. I pulled up an old set list of Metallica there back in '82, and I posted. I was like, maybe we should play this set tonight. 
All right, hit the light. Played a little anesthesia during sound check. <laughs> yeah, anesthesia. Boy, that'd be a dream come true for you. Yep. Sounds like we need to try and put together a little Aerosmith Metallica thing going on here. Because <laughs> we travel out, we travel out to the East Coast quite a bit, and well, and it sounds like you guys go everywhere. I mean, as far as the lower forty eight goes, we'll pretty much go wherever. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen so many tribute bands over the years. We've I've probably played with thirty different Journey tribute bands on lineups with us. But I don't think we've ever shared a bill with a Metallica tribute. I've seen just about everything else. We played with Green Day tributes, ZZ Top, ACDC, you know, just about everything else. But we've never shared a bill with a Metallica show. Twenty twenty one. Let's put a get. We'll put together a North American run and let's make it happen. The time has come, gentlemen. Let's put it together, <laughs> Justin. When you're not uh, slapping the bass for "Draw the Line," do you wear a wig? By the way, I, I do now. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a little follically challenged. Because <laughs> thanks to uh, squadcast.fm, I can see you don't have much hair you're rocking these days. No, it's, it's silky smooth up there. It must be a bass player thing, because our bass player is the same thing. Back when, I, back when I joined, I actually, when I was a kid, I actually had a blonde afro, believe it or not. That's and, cool. Uh, so when I joined the band, I started straightening my hair for a few years. Um, but I was pretty much born with a receding hairline. I've been going bald since I was about four years old. Can you technically say that you went to the store to buy a hair straightener? Like a <laughs> like a uh flat iron? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was a that was a great reaction. Cool. <laughs> a lot easier to throw a wig on though, right? Yeah, it is. You know, we started for for a while I, I wasn't wearing a wig. I was just I would rock a hat on stage. But then we we did a few shows with this package that we called the Aerosmith Legacy Show, where we tried to sort of represent all the eras of Aerosmith. Wow! And and it was it was a package show. We had a, a screen with footage behind us, and we would do costume changes um, to represent all the different eras. And there's a man named Ray Tabano. He was uh, the original rhythm guitar player in Aerosmith when they started before Brad Whitford. Um. But he never never made it onto the album when they started you know, wow. getting bigger. He didn't want to leave his job at home. So he ended up uh, not staying with Aerosmith. He stayed friends with them over the years. But he's actually become very good friends with us. And so he would be oh, cool. the host of this show. He would introduce us and he would talk in between the airs, sort of discuss the history of Aerosmith while we'd be doing these costume changes. That's and then cool. he'd come up and play a song or two with us at the end, come do some train kept a rolling. And uh, so, so once we started that show, that was when it was we were focusing more on everybody having a look, not just Stephen and Joe. Because always, you know, the big thing is you want Stephen and Joe to look like Stephen and Joe. Um, but once we started doing that show, we focused a little bit more on everybody looking the part. And so, I've been rocking the wig for probably about seven or eight years now. Jeff, that'd be the equivalent of Ron McGovney MC in our shows. Exactly. I've been trying to find Ron. I need to get in touch with this guy. Ron or Lloyd Grant, just uh, just the you know the host, the MC, kicking things off and uh, taking the train. If any of you out there are listening and you know someone that knows Ron or you know Ron, send him our way, please. So when you're not slapping the bass, Justin, what else? Uh, what else are you doing out in the 30 mile wide state of Rhode Island? Oh, uh, well, I'm a photographer. I, I do a lot of photography. I you know I shoot weddings. I do do portraits and that sort of stuff, but my big passion is concert photography. As we saw from your site, uh, your photo of Gene Simmons might be one of the best I've ever seen. 
Yes, well, that you. picture is badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've shot Kiss a few times. They're they're a really fun shoot, for sure. And you have showman, shot that's for sure. Sorry, Jeff. And you have shot Metallica, Justin. I did. They they were you know they were obviously my grail for a long time. Uh, I shot them back in 2018 at the Albany show. The uh, World Wired in the round. Yep. What do you have to do to get a photo pass? I've always wondered that. Uh, well, you know, you basically have to be working for the media to shoot a real show. Um, you know, it's ever since I started going to shows, the, the first show I ever went to was Weird Al. And uh, I had a disposable camera with me. And nice. That, was, that seems fitting for a Weird Al show. <laughs> exactly. And, and so I have all these crappy pictures that I took from the balcony with a disposable camera. But, you know, there's this little, that, that's Al up there, and he's dressed little like Puff Daddy or whoever. But that was um, officially your first show you shot with a with a Kodak. Exactly. Remember when you have to zip the thing, it'll <laughs> for the next picture? You got to charge the flash. Yep, you'd have to, and I think you'd have to do it for the very first one. I think you'd have to wind it just to get it started, right? Yep. <laughs> Boy, we've come a, a, a couple ways in a couple years. Yeah. That's for sure. But, you know, just ever, ever since then, I've just, you know, taking pictures of shows has, has been a passion of mine. And, uh, you know, as I, as I started sort of working with Draw the Line, I would take pictures of them, and I built my portfolio up a little bit more. And I always wanted to get an actual photo pass. And so I started with some smaller bands and I got my first photo pass in 2011. It was actually for Volbeat. They, they were doing a small club tour and they were playing in Boston. And I just, I shot them and he, I shot their manager a message. I said, Hey, I'm an aspiring photographer. I'd love to take some pictures of the band. I can share them with you guys. You can use them on Facebook, whatever afterwards. And they said, sure, you know, go ahead. So I, I shot Volbeat, Amon and Marth, a couple of, other bands like that oh that's awesome yeah that that was really cool and then uh then the next year volbeat was on gigantor with megadeth megadeth yep and and so i reached out to volbeat sky and i got in through them and i got to shoot the whole show so that was the year that it was it was lacuna coil volbeat motorhead and megadeth and megadeth yeah the wow that is quite the lineup the fact that you got to shoot lemmy I, it's, I still pinch myself. Holy sh! Oh, I'm trying to not swear anymore. <laughs> You're not swearing for Amy's 11 year old daughter in Council Bluffs, Omaha, or, uh, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Omaha, Iowa. Council Bluffs, Iowa, Omaha. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I'm trying to keep it a little bit cleaner. <sighs> so when you say you shoot the whole show, Justin, you shoot a couple songs of the bands a lot of those times i see those sticky passes that say like the first two or first three songs only and then you get booted from the front row yeah typically it's the first three songs you're up in front of the barricade okay and then, and then you go to the back and it's it's changed a lot over the the years that i've been doing it it used to it feels like back when i started it was kind of the wild west you just you got the pass and nobody really knew what you were doing you'd go up to security be like um oh, i'm shooting do i go up here what, what do i do um but now so many of these venues they have you know, an, an escort and, you know, they bring you all to one spot and then, all right, 10 minutes before the show, we'll walk you guys all up there and then we'll walk you guys all back. Some places you have to leave your gear, you know, either at their bag check or some places make you take it to the car if you want to actually go back in and watch the show. Um, so it's, it's been a little different. Whereas back in the day, you'd shoot the three and then you could just go back out into the pit and just hold on to your bag and just stay in the pit for the whole show. Has there been any shows recently where you're just able to shoot the whole show and some bands are like, whatever, do what you need to do? There, there, there's been a few. Every now and then there will be a band, 
sometimes a band will actually end up let, letting you shoot the entire set from the pit. Awesome. Um, in this moment is a band that's known for doing that most of the time. Um, I, last year I shot Fozzy, Chris Jericho's band. Yes, I love Fozzy. And, and we got to shoot the whole set for them, so that was pretty cool. Very cool. Um, oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, well, so after I did those first few shows, I uh, uh, Newstead was coming around on his tour when he was doing the heavy metal album. And I was like, you know, I really want to shoot them. But I, you know, I've been doing it for a couple of years now, but I need to be legitimate. You know, it, I can only get so far saying I'm, you know, just shooting for my Facebook page and, you know, building my portfolio. I need to be shooting for a working website. But I didn't have any connections with anyone. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to start my own site. <laughs> so I, I started a site. At the time, it was called New England Music Blog. Now we're called the Entertainment Outlet because we're we've uh, have people all over the country now not just new england um but i spent forever agonizing over this website making it perfect getting up you know pictures from all the shows i shot and then i reached sure. out to, to newstead's management and i said you know I, I submitted for a pass and he responded within about 15 seconds of me sending the email wow. and said yes and so i'm like this guy didn't even open the website he just took my word for it come on up so you did all this work to get this pro website going and he's, oh yeah, come on, don't you, dude? Exactly. Good for you. But, yeah, but having that site has you know opened a lot of opportunities for me over the years since then. Entertainmentoutlet.com? Yep. I'm going to check that out. Where was uh, Newstead playing? Was it just when it was Jason Newstead, not the Chop House band? Right. Yeah. It was the Newstead band that had, had a Mike Mushock Mike from Mushock Stain. Stain. Yeah. yeah. Say again, Jeff. Oh no, it's it's what Justin said. We literally said it like the same time. Mike Moshik from Stained was the that's right the guitar player for that. That was a great great lineup. They were a great band. They they were they just had a little club north of Boston called the Middle East. And then later that year, he came around on, on that year's Gigantor with it was Megadeth and uh, Black Label Society, yep. Newstead, and then David Draymond from Disturb, his side project. Oh yeah, Device wasn't it? Right. Yep. I always felt like Mike Mushak was a bit of an underrated guitar player. The dude can really shred. Definitely. I mean, I've I've seen him a bunch over the years, you know, with Newstead. I've shot Steen a couple of times and then he's got a band Saint Asonia with Adam the the former singer of uh 3 Days Grace Three and, and they're Grace, awesome. Yeah. yeah, he the dude's quite the showman. That guy throws down. It's like I've seen Stain a handful of times. I've always been a big fan of that band and it's like even during like a light song like so far away or something like that he's still just like trying to headbang to it yeah there's not many clear pictures of mike's face because he's got hair in front of it yeah he's always headbanging well justin keep this quiet uh jeff when we have jason newstead on next week we'll have to tell him we know the guy who shot from entertainmentoutlet.com <laughs> yeah yeah don't let anybody know though don't let any secrets out but uh, a couple special guests coming up you got it initials are j <laughs> j and <laughs> That is cool. So photography, draw the line, and holy cow. Here's the point in the uh, episode, Justin, I have to ask you, of all your memories, which memory remains number one with your Metallica history? It's tough. You know, it's, it's been – I've seen 30 shows, a nice even 30. Nice. Um, yeah, it's – you know, I, I started – I got into them – you know, later than some, I was, I was 13. Um, it was my, my freshman year of high school. I, I didn't really have my own taste in music yet. 
And uh, my guitar teacher, my freshman year, she taught us all the chords to Nothing Else Matters. And and I just got hooked. And uh, I ended up, uh, she, she taught us that. And then she taught us The Unforgiven. And once we had that, I was like, all right, I need this album. And so I went to, to buy the Black Album. And S&M, the original, had just come out. So I ended up buying the Black Album and S&M on the same day. And, uh, and I just got hooked. And s- since that day, you know, nothing else matters. You, you go from listen, learning nothing else matters as a 13-year-old. If it's not for that, I wouldn't be shooting shows like Amon Amarth and Slayer that are the complete other end of the spectrum. But it's that, that opening point. That's pretty cool when your teacher says, all right, we're going to teach you some stuff and whips out nothing else and Unforgiven. Yeah. yeah. Her, her name was Kay Grana. She was an amazing teacher. She passed away a few years ago from cancer, but... Oh, she, yeah, uh, you know, I, I took guitar lessons from her for years. And after I joined draw the line, I started going to her for vocal lessons and, um, you know, just, she, she literally changed my life by introducing me to Metallica. Literally life changing. Pretty cool to say you bought the black Elm and S and M one on the same day without even knowing much about the band that had to be, boy, the black Elm and S and M, you can't get two better sounding records. No. But then, my, you know, my, my best memory with them is probably I won the meet and greet with them in 2009 on nice. the World Magnetic Tour. And so I, I, I shared, you know, kind of a, a summary of that story with James you know, about how that song changed my life. And he said, I hope for the better. Very cool. And uh, so, so meeting them was, was definitely, it was pretty amazing. Uh, where'd that take place? What city? I was in Philly. Philly on uh, Magnetic. Very cool. Yeah, it was in January. There was a blizzard. Back when James was doing meet and greets. He was. Yeah, very, very fortunate to have won during that time. You know, I, I entered, you know, they, they say to only enter for the shows that you have tickets for. And, you know, now now they double check everything. But back then I said, yeah, I'm going to the Boston show for sure. I'm going to go to at least one other show. I don't know which, but I'm going to enter for the meet and greet for a couple of them. And if I win for one of those, that'll be the one. I was kind of leaning towards going to Washington, D.C., but then when I won the pass for Philly, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to Philly. <laughs> Here comes the road trip, and we're off. Yep. That's the nice thing about you living on the East Coast. You can, what, you're two hours from five or six major cities? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're three hours from New York. You know, it's, it's less than five from Philly, so I've certainly, I've certainly put in some miles to see the bands. You know, they've, they've only played in, I've seen them in New England four or five times. It, it hasn't been a lot. Um, so, you know, to, to see them 30 times, I've had to have put on some miles. Oh God. Yeah. Um, I, I saw them, I've seen them in Canada a few times. I saw them at Sonosphere in uh, the UK back in 2014. Oh, you saw the Sonosphere show. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. You know, that, that summer they, uh, you know, it's like every year you're wanting them to work on the new album and it's a oh, big surprise. They're going to Europe. Right. Um, but then. I thought for a minute, I said, wait a minute, I'm going to Europe this summer because my brother lives in the UK and he was getting married. So I'm like, all right, let's look at these dates. What can I make work? <laughs> and it was about three weeks before the wedding. I'm like, ah, it's a little bit longer than I was planning to spend out there, but I think I can make it work. Yeah, three weeks in Europe. All right, let's do it. Nope. But I mean, Sonicare was amazing. It was Iron Maiden, Ghost. It was a, a great lineup. Yeah, that every Sonosphere has always had quite the lineup. Definitely. I can hear your family right now. Oh, Justin, it was so nice of you to come to Europe for the wedding. Uh, well, that was the second priority. We were here for Metallica. 
Well, I was actually, I was supposed to go to three of the shows in Australia last year before that tour was canceled. And uh, one of my best friends from high school, she, she's Australian and her father's in the Navy and we have a Navy base up here and they do like an exchange program. Um, so she was here for a year and a half in high school and we've stayed you know, really close friends since then. So I tell her, you know, I'm, I'm coming down, you know, I booked the flights. She, you know, she couldn't believe I was actually coming down. She's like, all right, what do you want to do while we're in Sydney? I said, well, Saturday night's the Metallica show. But other than that, I'm up for anything. And she says, oh, that's why you're coming. (laughs) (laughs) Duh. Better to just not mention Metallica when traveling. (laughs) Yep. Can we take it to the airport? Uh, Actually, I'm spending another three days here, but uh, I got to run anyway. Yeah, I've done a lot of traveling that... You know, I, I use bands as an excuse. I have a buddy in the Navy that I, I go travel to visit him. Um, you know, I, I last went to see him in Japan, and I've visited him in Hawaii and California. And he's now in Germany. And uh, so many times he'll be he, – he's a big Iron Maiden fan. He's actually the one who got me into Iron Maiden back in high school. And um, I'll be like, all right, this person's playing near you. I'm going to come down. We're going to go to the show. So I'm waiting for uh, you know, maybe in the next couple of years Metallica to go to Germany use that as an excuse to visit him boy that's tough when you had australia itinerary booked and that all cancels you have your flights and hotels already booked yeah it, it was it was pretty depressing i was actually i was at another concert i was seeing shine down and uh and papa roach was opening and uh their singer he's out singing in the crowd and he, he's about like 10 feet away from me in the crowd and i look at my phone and i see this notification about you know metallica canceling the tour and i just i just like dropped to my seat i couldn't believe it Oh shit! And it's just such a flashback to you know when he went into rehab before, and you know just not knowing what the future of the band's going to be like. Boy, that's a hell of a trip. Uh, like I said, I can't wait till twenty twenty one. Here, this stuff is getting pretty old. Because at that point, I, I had been at the S and M two shows, and it's like it's the last show they played. Is that going to end up being their last show? Which fortunately, it doesn't look like it is. You know, they're you know they did the driving, and they they seem to be doing strong, but. When it happens, you just don't know. I was thinking the same thing around March, maybe April. I'm thinking, boy, I'm glad I was at the last show because right, not not to be a doomsday kind of forecaster, but this might be the last one for one year, two, two and a half years. Who knows when this is going to come back, especially, you know, you might have some clubs and theaters getting back in action, but until we get 50,000 people in a stadium or 20,000 in an arena, it might be a while. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't look like it's going to be anytime soon. Let's get out of the depressive uh, chatter of 2020 and um, let's hit the low man's lyric section. You ready, Jeff? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. I should say, are you ready, Justin? I'm ready. All right. Uh, new He's section. a musician. He'll do fine. He's going to be just <laughs> fine. I'm not worried about this. Uh, name that low man's lyric. We play five songs. You get three strikes overall. And after last week's last week's episode jeff have we decided we're giving them three seconds of the song or two i think we decided on wait because no i think it was two let's do 2.5 i think you decided we- on four <laughs> four <laughs> all right dream on get a grip love in an elevator yeah okay. by the way elevator is the best music video from aerosmith <laughs> i love that one yeah, it's a good one. All right, low man. Uh, name that low man's lyric. All right, Justin, you ready? I'm ready. Name that low man's lyric. 
two and a half seconds, song number one. Uh, justice for all. It's, uh, eye of the beholder. Ding, 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 ding. Dude, I gave you 2.4, not 2.5. Nicely done. Yeah, we're going to two seconds. By the way, Lars Ulrich last week on an Instagram interview with the Washington Post, eye of the beholder, least favorite song. That's so depressing. I'd love to hear it. You know, on I know. the, I was like, the arena what? tour, they they were playing that bit from Through the Never, where you've got the riot and the music. I was like, oh my god, are they going to play it? And then they go into Fade to Black. I'm like, what is this? Yes, yeah, I, I know. How can you say Eye of the Beholder is the worst song when you've written songs like My Apocalypse? <laughs> well, I've I've got a real hot take for y'all. Is Oh Camilla, <laughs> my least favorite Metallica song is the shortest straw. Oh, I, I do not like the shortest straw. Wow, I've never heard anyone ever in my life say they don't like that song. That's a All surprise. Right. Fuck this low man's lyric game show. We need to talk about this topic. No straw, dude. I, I think part of the problem is back in, in high school, I I downloaded like a, a pack to put sound effects on your computer. Yeah, so I remember those. Everything you did was a Metallica sound, and any anytime. <laughs> Anytime an error popped up, it was dun dun dun, and and this is back in like you know Windows two thousand days. Everything's running crappy, and there's just alerts all the time. So it was just constantly every dun, two dun, dun, seconds. Dun 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 dun. dun you dun, never dun. you never got past the intro. All you ever got <laughs> was just exactly. dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> so as soon as they start playing straw, you're like, up oh, nope, next track. Everything just yep. crashed on Windows two thousand or three point one. Ah, oh, damn! That was the next song. I better pick a different song. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that Lars said "I the Beholder," and um, well, I know now why you don't like "Shortest Drop" because there's no bass on it, and you're a bass player, dude. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, you can't like "Injustice for All." <laughs> <laughs> wow, I wasn't expecting you to say that, but uh, it's always fun to chat about. That's a first. Nope. Shortest Drop has been pulled for Road the Lightning. So you can oh. tell that one won't be in my desert playlist. <laughs> that did not make it to the I Disappear Desert? Nope. It won't be in there, but I'll tell you what, just because you talk about that song, it'll be a backing track in this episode somewhere. <laughs> just oh, for you, man. It's the entire outro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hell, maybe it'll even be the intro, too. Maybe we'll do a special one-off just for you, bud. <laughs> yeah, no, more, no more ecstasy goal. The show starts with straw. Dun-dun-dun. Like it. <laughs> it's those little things now that when I hear that song from now on, I'm going to think of that Windows crashing air message. Right, exactly. He's, he's going to hear it, and he's going to be like, oh, fuck, my computer's crashing. <laughs> it's just like when my brother... I'm not going to spoil it for everybody, but he showed me something on the Kill 'Em All album cover and the Master of Puppets album cover that once he said it, I cannot get that out of my mind. I'm not going to say it because it's going to ruin it for a lot of us, but it's oh, just well, still, you got to, still, okay. Nope. You got to, you got to give us at no. least one of them. No, <laughs> <laughs> not, ha- I don't want to ruin those album covers for, for people. Text me later. <laughs> I will. But now every time I hear Straw, I'm going to be like, oh, it's uh, Mr. Hunt's favorite intro from Pawtucket, Rhode Island. <laughs> oh, dun, dun, dun. My iPhone just crashed. Like, oh, shit.
All right, Jeff, you got song two uh, dialed up? Yep, I'm ready to go. Are you ready, Justin? I'm ready. All right, here we, here we go. Uh, Carpe Diem, baby. <laughs> wow, that was quick. That's, that's one of my favorites. I love that song. That's a great song. Okay, Jeff, we can't have musicians on the show anymore. Yeah, I know they they know too much. That was that was well done. Were you at Orion in Detroit when they played that? I was not. I was instead instead at the Boston Star Trek convention meeting William Shatner. Oh, okay. Oh. That's, that's not bad. That's all right. That's legit. Yeah, I, I I would have loved to. I went to Orion in 2012. Um, you guys are. Sorry to interrupt. You're both going to laugh at this. Every time I think of William Shatner, I think of Rescue 911. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that show? Yeah. Uh, well. Sometimes a decision made in an instant can drastically affect the lives of those around us. I'm William Shatner. Tonight, true stories of caring people who make a difference on Rescue 911. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to be there, but I, I already had the Star Trek tickets, and I was like, ah. Well, you know, it looks like they're going to be doing it for a few years, so I'll go next year. How'd that turn out? <laughs> Did you ask him how it felt to know that his face was Michael Myers' face? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's a pretty solid excuse, though, for skipping Orion Fest. Well, yeah, to meet someone like that, that's, yeah, it's like meeting Chevy Chase. <laughs> one, of our, one of our guests met Chevy. Uh, I know. Um, Aaron Ginther from Detroit. Yep, I know. That's why I was like, dude, that's there's a lot of things I'd skip to miss Chevy or to meet Chevy, excuse me. But then especially when I saw they played Carpe Diem at that show, I was like, ah, it was, it was certainly a bummer I wasn't there. And I, I wasn't at the Fillmore shows either. I know I think they played it there. It would have been I'd love to see them play that song. If it makes you feel better at all, Shane offered me a free ticket to S&M and I couldn't make it there. All I had to do was fly out <laughs> and I still didn't make it. When you watch the SM2 Blu ray and you see the empty seat in row two, the only empty seat in the Chase Center that night. That, that was my seat. That was Jeff Winslow's seat. No. Hey, I had, I got three kids, man. It was hard to just pack up and leave. SM2 only happens every 20 years. The kids could have fed themselves for 48 hours while you were gone. Oh, I know. I should have gone. <laughs> I mean, it's a good excuse. I've, I've got my first kid on the way. We're, we're doing about two weeks. Oh, congratulations. Do you know uh, you. the gender yet? No, we're not finding out. Surprise. All right. Yeah. That's cool. What are you hoping for? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like a boy, but you know, I'd be happy either way. Right. Everybody, everybody lately has been kind of feeling boy, which I think means it's probably going to be a girl if everybody thinks it's a boy. That's kind of what we thought with our third. Everyone was kind of hoping and... I don't want to say hoping because that sounds kind of mean, but I mean, we, I, I have three daughters, you know, so the third yeah. one, we were kind of hoping that we were having a boy, but I think everybody thought it and then girl, but you know, it's all right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but of course, yeah, man, congratulations. That's huge. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, who knows how it's going to affect my upcoming travel, but you know, it's not a bad reason to stay home. Yeah, kids kind of uh, affect the travel. The only time I ever get to leave is when we're out on tour, and that's just right. because I come home with a little Paycheck. bit of money. Yeah, yeah. If I come home making money, then the lady's not so mad. Right. I saw the coolest Metallica onesie the other day somewhere online, probably Instagram, just randomly scrolling. A red 
uh, Metallica load font. Yep. And on the kid's belly, it says, until it sleeps. Like <laughs> That's good. That's pretty cool. There was an older one they had that had like refrigerator magnets that said birth magnetic. Yep. I remember I've seen that one before. Remember that too? And I think there was wherever I may crawl. Yep. <laughs> pretty cool. But I saw that until it sleeps. I'm like, that's pretty fitting. Yep. Well, if you, if, you get a, if you get a little boy, you're going to have to get him a Metallica onesie for sure. Yeah, I've, I've actually been, uh, I've bought a little denim jacket that I'm sewing some patches on. Yes. Oh, oh you're way ahead of the game, dude. Nice. Whether it's a boy or a girl. You can start them. You can start them off heavy metal. That's awesome, man. That's yep. super cool. Here's my two year old daughter rocking a venom patch. Exactly. Hell yeah! At three years old, she's gonna. They're gonna ask her what her favorite thing is, and she's gonna say Motorhead. <laughs> <laughs> She'll say Lemmy is God. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I don't know, Daddy. There's all kinds of shit. I can't yeah. start to think about it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's all kinds of shit. I can't even start to think about it. All right, back to name that low man's lyric. Uh, song number three, dude. That's easy. That's sanitarium. That was way too easy. As soon as I heard it, I'm like, really? <laughs> Bad place to slide it and hit play. Uh, this one's going to get him. It's what right. I see. don't take pleasure in like not, you know, letting the people do well. It's just that one is way too easy. <laughs> Yeah, that one was a little easy. That was you got to have a give me every now and then. Oh, that was your well. All three of them have been. <laughs> Dude, he's been to thirty shows and plays bass. He's. I think we should tune this down to a second. He can name in about two and a half seconds flat. <laughs> all right, here we go. Song number four. Uh, that would be, that was just your life. Huh? Ding, ding, ding. But (laughs) you should have given him that part. Shane, you got to do a last minute change up. We can't give him this last song. You got to do a different one. A last minute. Are you calling audible? I am. Absolutely. All right. Hang on. Let me look through the old, uh, um, catalog here. Are you just map? You mapping out the route on the old computer? Yeah, the old uh, 486 here. Uh, no, Russ, please don't eat the truck, sir. <laughs> <laughs> nice shot, Audrey. <laughs> Rusty, please do not eat the truckster. Russ, do you mind? I'm trying to uh, work this out here on the old computer. Please, Russ. All right, that's enough, Russ. Okay, now I think we're moving toward the ground. Thank you. Good shot, Audrey. Uh, the next song, Justin, was Halo on Fire. I'm pretty sure you would have gotten that. It doesn't matter where you would play that any part of that song. It's such a recognizable song. Okay, let me let me dig deep here. Just hang give on. Him, give him something off of Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that on my iPhone. Sorry. I don't either. <laughs> hang on. Got, I have Iced Honey on my playlists. That, that riff rips. Yeah, I have Iced Honey on my laptop. I don't have it on my phone, though. And I'm um, coming to you live on Squadcast.fm. You can see me holding the phone up to the mic, so we're pretty old-school production here, dude. All right, Justin, here you go. Song number, uh, well, this is your bonus. I knew you would have gotten Halo, so here's your, your bonus. Name that low man's lyric tune. Let's hear it. You'll probably get it. I, I'm guessing Jeff won't get this. All right. Competition. Here we go. Uh, 
Was that Iron Foundry? <laughs> Dude, I think you could name anything. <laughs> Nicely done. Jeff is, is still that- trying to figure out what that was. No, I, I come on. I've listened to the album quite a few times now. Yeah, I've heard it. Yep. How could I forget that? But my question is, does that count? Oh, I guess it is off an album. I was going to say, it's not a Metallica song, but we, I'm sure we've used cover songs before. So It's, it's technically good. off an album. and um, It is technically, yes. For Name That Low Man's Lyric, he went six for five. Because I automatically gave him Halo. Maybe he's like, he, he's done so well. Maybe we should just crown him champion right now. We might just have to erase this segment for the rest of season two and just say it's it's Justin Hunt from Pawtucket. Well, I'll take it. We'll have to get him a custom uh, APFA and podcast for all for those of you that don't know what APFA is. Uh, custom APFA onesie for his upcoming baby. There you go. And podcast for Perfect. all onesie for baby Hunt on the way. Yep. Uh, the th- clip I was going to play off of Halo goes a little bit like this. Oh, yeah. No, that's easy. I, Jeff, I want you to dial up your, your playlist quick. I want you to give me one second of something. Any song? A- anything. I want to see if I can nail something in one second. Part of what makes it easy with them is their albums have such a distinctive sound. So, like, with... That's true. You know, you could you could hear me working through it. I instantly knew it was something off of Justice, and then I just had to run through it in my mind and figure out which song was it. That is true. Last season, we had named that lyric when we just spoke the lyric. I think that was a right. hell of a lot tougher. Yeah, for sure. All right. You ready, Shane? Pray to the gods, but here we go. Oh, that's uh, uh, dun, 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 Struggle Within. Ding, ding, ding. That was just a random spot, too. Of course, I was like, oh, it had to be right at that part. As soon as I heard that... I thought it was. I thought you were fucking with me, like it was some cartoon or something. Because <laughs> when you well, hear it over the internet like that, I'm like, "What's that beeping?" Best song on the Black Album. I purposely picked that song because I felt like you needed the redemption from that song. That's right. Our uh, and updates for all episode. Yeah, I uh, I stumped Shane on his favorite Black Album song, and he was pretty pissed at himself. So I needed to give you some redemption on that one. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, I know exactly what song I'm picking." Scroll, play, all right. <laughs> that was a quite the weird spot you landed on, though. Dun, 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 dun. It worked, though. Justin, what else do you want to talk about Metallica-wise? Uh, photography, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, uh, life in general. I mean, I, you know, I was listening to last week's episode, and you know, just some of the thoughts you guys had shared on SNM too. Um, you know, obviously, it's it's big in everyone's minds. You know, it was. It was amazing to be there. You know, like I like I said to you guys, I bought S and M the original. That was you know, one of the first albums I bought from them. So so to be there twenty years later to see them bring it back, never never thought I would have that opportunity. No. So here's the million dollar question then, Justin: S and M one or S and M two? It's really tough. Um, you know, I probably lean towards S and M one a little bit. I I I think that the first set of S and M two is flawless. I think the first set is incredible. Yep. I, I I take some issues with the second set. Um, 
you know, p- partly in just the ordering of things. Right. Um, right. You know, the, they do the, the two songs with the, or, you know, the one song of the orchestra on their own and then with them. Those are all right. The, the first, they, they clearly used the second night's take of Iron Foundry because the first night it was a bit of a cluster. I think Lars was having a tough time syncing up with the orchestra the first night. Um, a lot of repetitive uh, drum beats being played. Yeah. And, 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 but so then from there, they did a bunch of things that were really cool, but it kind of made a lull in the set, you know, like Un- Unforgiven three was incredible. Um, you know, all within my hands was really cool. And anesthesia was amazing. But if you're, if you're just a casual fan, that's a very long portion of the show. That's just kind of them doing different kind of weird stuff in a way. A little bit. Yeah. And, and then, so they go from that into now the last five songs are just big hit, big hit, big hit, which when you, you know, when you're going to like the arena tour, I had the black ticket. So you're going to all these shows and you get to the, you know, the back nine of the set and it's like, all right, you kind of know what's coming next. Yeah. There might be one or two variations, but overall the, the end of their set is usually pretty similar night to night. Right. So, so in that regards, I found set two, it's, you know, it's kind of a little, little slow and experimental and then standard. Right. And, and so I, you know, I kind of wish, you know, maybe they had taken some of those big hits, put them in the first set, you know, just, just mix the order up. I, I think if they had opened the second set with all within my hands, I think that would have been amazing. A great way for them to come back out. I could see that. Yeah. So first set's flawless, but uh, you know, this second set drags it down a little bit. So I, I may lean towards the original a little bit. Sure. But, you know, you, you brought up confusion last week. And when I went and saw when they did the movie theater showing of S&M 2, I said, you know what? I think that was probably my favorite song from the show. I just wow. the, the way that they did it with the orchestra. I thought it was so cool. I mean, I've loved that song since the album came out. But the uh, just I thought the version with the orchestra was really cool. Yeah, I definitely like the orchestra S&M version of that song better than the album version. I I mean, I do like the album version, don't get me wrong, but yeah, that S&M 2 version, they really beef that song up. Definitely. Confusion's got a sentimental piece with me for a couple reasons we won't get into, but... <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I think uh, last last week when I talked about Confusion, it, it adds a lot of depth, it adds a lot of warmth. It's, it's one of those songs that actually needed the orchestra to really make it it's just weird in, in one week of hearing that final project of how confusion's just gone up the rungs big time on my scorecard yeah. well, it's, it's kind of like devil's dance like we were talking about it's that weird kind of you know odd song or even maybe like of wolf and man you know from what they did on the you know the first s&m right you know, they're kind of the they're not hits by any means. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's, it's 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 something that I think with the orchestra, it just takes the song to a whole nother level. There's some songs that I feel like the orchestra, not that it doesn't sound good, but it's not necessarily needed. And obviously, like some of the heavier songs, you know, from both S and M's, you know, like I think Moth into Flame, I think it's great, but you know, that song is it's supposed to be a thrash metal song. I think, you know, you can definitely hear that, you know, the orchestra is chugging along, you know, to keep up with them. And I mean, they do a great job, but obviously the slower, more ballad songs, they really come to life with that orchestra. Well, now that we've had Edwin Outwater on and he listens to us on a weekly basis, um, we can, we can, we can air all these grievances with him and see if he, uh, 
can put in his two cents in another episode down the road. Exactly. It'll be Edwin revisited, relaunched. <laughs> Edwin relaunched. How do we say it? <laughs> yeah, revisited, relaunched, relocated. You know, speaking of relocations, let's stray away. You know, we're we're trying to stray away from this whole island thing and move into this. You know, I disappear into the desert segment. So, Justin. Um, yep. let's say that, you know, you're getting stranded in the desert with Tom Cruise, you know, I disappear. We all know the music video. Um, you're stranded there for life. What are the top five songs that you're taking with you? Top five Metallica songs. All I'm picturing right now is that biplane chasing them through the desert up to that plateau. <laughs> you know, that is still to this day, honestly, one of my favorite Metallica music videos. Yeah. I don't think I, that was I, a cheap one to make. I no. remember watching making the video on MTV. Yep. premiere oh, of that's it. That's right. I forgot about that. No. I love watching Lars jump out of the building. I always thought that scene was awesome as the building's collapsing and he's running through and then jumps out the window. <laughs> and yep. when you see how they make it, he jumps out the window like two feet onto a mattress. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but it looks like he jumped out of like a 30-story building. Yeah. And of course, James <laughs> driving driving that, I think it was like a 68 Camaro he's driving. You know, I'm a big car guy, so seeing a badass hot rod in a music video always gets me gets me excited all right so i you know i mean for first song you know might as well get it out of the way it's gonna be outlaw torn snm version i mean i i'd probably have to go the snm2 version because i was there for it right right but an snm version oh yeah. yes back to the outlaw train yep the outlaw train is uh back on the tracks and upright and sitting pretty Yep. I mean, there's just there's nothing else like that song. No. Um, and then after that, I'd, I'd probably have to go with Blackened. Yes, Shane's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. Bar none, it's my favorite Lars Ulrich performance. Yeah, you can't top that. No. Except for maybe Shortest Straw. It all goes downhill from the start of that album. Oh, no, you, know, you know nobody yet has said my wow. favorite Metallica song. I'm, I think I'm the only one that has said it so far. But we've gotten blackened quite a few times. Yeah, it's a Newstead riff. Yeah, that it is. Um, and then after that, I so much better. <laughs> I couldn't hear you, Jeff. Say again. Oh, I said, but the next song after Blackened is just so much better. Yeah, it's tough to beat. That I mean, that's still my favorite Metallica song of all time. <laughs> um, so, so next for me is going to be Battery. Ooh, yes. You know, that, that's one of the ones w- when I got the original S and M and you know was discovering the rest of their catalog beyond the Black Album. That's that's really the first that's the first non Black Album song that I latched onto with them. Yeah, and that's that's quite the difference from from Sad but True to Battery. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. You know, and then I, re- I remember the first time listening to the album to, to uh, Master of Puppets when I got that and hearing the intro and how different it was. And that, you know, I've got very vivid memories of Battery back in the day. And to think Battery closed out SNM1. I know. I, I wish I saw them in that era when they were closing with Battery. It's such a great closing song. Yeah, it doesn't get any more powerful and faster than that for a closer. But when I saw them the, the first time was Summer Sanitarium 2003 in Foxborough, and they opened with it, and that was before you know they had MP3s and everything to run their sound. So they actually had a CD that they played the intro tape on, 
and the CD started skipping. Whoa, <laughs> that's so, a cool fact, dude. So, so it started oh, skipping dude, a little that... bit. It's it's jumping ahead, and then they actually restarted it, and then it skipped ahead some more, and then it finally got past the skips on the CD. Foxborough. I wish there was footage of that. That's for the Patriot play, right? It is, yeah. So 50, 60,000 people. Something like that, yep. And your CD is skipping to launch your stadium <laughs> show. You imagine that feeling, Jeff? That's like sad but true, looping over and over again on your Kemper. Yeah, when you're at first day of, wow, I, wow. I've never heard of an intro of their skipping. That's got to be a shitty feeling. A little Millie Vanilli moment for them. <laughs> That's so funny. So when it skipped the second time, or are they just like, fuck it, just going to the riff? I, I think it jumped ahead. You know, they, they got through the skips, and so we probably lost about ten or fifteen seconds of the intro. But it got to a point where it played solidly. They said, "No, no, the tape must go on. Must go <laughs> wow. on." That's pretty cool. I never, I've never heard of any story of their intros skipping. That's cool. How about number? Uh, what are we on here? Four. Number four. Yep. Um, four so, in the desert. So if you'd known this, you probably wouldn't have given it to me on Low Man's lyric, but. Uh, that was just your life. <laughs> oh. Okay, we got to dock a point now, Jeff. <laughs> hey, I'll give you a thumbs up for that because that's still my favorite Death Magnetic song, hands down. I still think that's the best song on that album. Without oh, that riff. Ooh. It's, it's the most it's so Justice-esque song they've written since Justice, and still, they haven't written a song, in my opinion, that tops that song. Recently. As far as just like an overall metal song, like a good thrash metal song. I remember learning to play the song on guitar, and uh, I downloaded one of those guitar pro tabs that you know sort of plays along the riff. And when you get to the harmony solo towards the end, they, yep. they titled the section, Welcome Back Metallica. Yes. <laughs> oh, that seems very fitting. Yeah, it was just, you know, it, it had been so many years since St. Anger. And don't get me wrong, Jeff, I love St. Anger. Um, <laughs> But you know, I, I'm I'm glad to hear that. I'll give when you that song coming back is life. It was it was refreshing. Yeah, no, I I agree with you 100. Um, percent As much as I still cherish Saint Anger, as everyone knows, that was just your life has always you know. I I liked uh, the day that never comes when it first came out. I was like, all right, this is cool. I wasn't vibing with it more than Saint Anger still. But then when I heard that was just your life, when I bought the CD, I was like, all right, this is <laughs> this is it right here. No. So what's the last song then? Uh, and so then finally, as, as a bass player, you, know, you got to have some good cliff representation. And uh, it's going to be Orion. Very good choice. Very nice. I was going to say it's either that or Pulling Teeth. Yeah. No, the, the, the bass solo at the end of Orion, it, it, it gives me goosebumps. So much feeling. I sometimes play a game, I guess just with myself, where I, I think about what's what's my favorite minutes of music. If I was to take one minute of music out of songs and just that, that whole part with the bass solo and, uh, and Orion is just, every time it gives me goosebumps. Oh, it's a great section. I love playing that part live because that means that I just get to play rhythm over it. <laughs> <laughs> Justin at S&M 2, when um, 
when Scott Pingle, the upright bass player, started to play his his solo. Yeah. The first forty to fifty seconds, he really didn't know where it was going. Right. Kind of put his own twist on it, and like what Edwin Outwater said, it was kind of a tribute uh, ode to Bach. And I thought this might be some Orion stuff coming up. And then, yeah. and then you heard, and then you heard just a really, as you can hear on the record, a really quick do 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 do. I was like, oh god. Yeah. And of course, you know, twenty thousand of us had the same reaction. Then you went back into the Bach, and then the real anesthesia started. I thought this is this is going to be amazing and. But that was my favorite part of the show. It's unbelievable. A bass solo. Yeah, who would have thought that Shane's favorite part was bass? <laughs> it was. It's just nothing can... It's going to be hard to top that live moment. I, that's one it's of the top amazing. live moments ever I've ever seen in any show, let alone Metallica. No, it was amazing. And, you know, we've been fortunate to see Rob play Anesthesia a bunch over the last several years. and. Yes. You know, I've, I've had a couple of shows where I was, you know, he was standing right in front of me. You know, his wah pedal is you know, two feet away from me as he's playing anesthesia. And it's amazing. Um, but certainly I never expected to see an arrangement like that. And then the great part of it was having Lars play, you know, that, that whole part as well, because they never do that. Yeah, full version. I mean, yeah. that's only been done two, three times. So that, that was really cool. I should say two, three times since Cliff. Yeah. Right. Amazing. So uh, there you have everyone. Mr. Justin Hunt's Desert Songs, Outlaw Torn, comes back. And by the way, that's Outlaw Torn from S&M 2. A little bit of Blackened, a little bit of Battery. I'm seeing a trend here. That was just your life in Orion. Um, Three out of his five songs, Jeff, are album openers. You know. (laughs) (laughs) He likes where the albums start, and then they all just kind of... Just fall apart from there. Like clicking that album on playing, going, "Oh yeah, we've already arrived at the the bread and butter." We start exactly. at the peak, and it's just a nice downhill from here. Black battery life. Here we go until we get to uh, shortest straw, and then it goes back up. I can't wait for shortest straw to be the outro to this episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can already hear it right now. I don't. I don't think anything's going to top it. You know, I'm almost thinking that we should name this episode the shortest straw. <laughs> Just because. Shortest Draw episode brought to you by Draw the Lion, Aerosmith's premier tribute band. <laughs> the shortest drive you'll ever have because you live in Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it the 30-mile <laughs> drive across the entire state. Yep. <laughs> well, Justin, thanks for coming on Podcast for All, where you decide the discussion and drive the topics. Or is there anything else you want to chat about? Um, well, so I've been working on this project throughout the quarantine um, where I, I, for years, I, I've had this thought in my mind of making just like a Metallica riff medley, just, just chopping up a bunch of riffs and putting oh, something cool. together. And, uh, so I, I finally came up with something earlier this year. And, and over the last couple months, I've been reaching out to a lot of members of the Metallica family to have them all lay down parts, you know, cause it, it's the thing now everybody's making quarantine music videos where they're yeah, all, they all playing come remotely together and do it. Yeah. Exactly. So, so now it's an easy concept to describe to people. Um, so, I, so I've been working on this medley and I'm putting on the finishing touches. So when this episode goes live, I should hopefully have the video posted for everyone to see. Very cool. Um, we, wow. we came up with a good name for it. We, we called it Hardwired to Self-Quarantine. Hey, oh, I cool. Like that. That's, dude, that's, that's pretty creative. How many riffs or how long is it? 
I, I think it's 10 songs. It's a, it's about five and a half minutes long. Perfect. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, mostly about 30 second parts. We've got the whole solo section of creeping death in there. And then, uh, I included the die chant because I wanted to include Metallica family members who weren't musicians. So I have people from all over who just sent me videos just going, die, die. And That's so I you know, mixed a bunch of them together. And then we've got musicians from all around the world. I've got guys from Mexitalica. I've got a guy from Australia. Um, you know, I, I of course have a lot of friends from New England that are on it. Um, and so it's it's going to be a, it's a pretty cool thing once it's all put together. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with everyone. So ten, uh, not necessarily riffs, but ten songs and five minutes long. Yeah, boy, that's a great idea. That's that's going to get some serious views. It's, it's a pretty cool thing. It was you know. It, like I said, I've been sort of thinking it over for so long. And when I put the call out for people, it was great to see the reaction. Cause you know, when you're just stuck in your head, you, you know, what are other people going to think of this? Um, so it was nice to get that positive response. And, you know, the, the final product I think is, is going to be cool. It's taken me like three months to round up parts from everybody, but I, I think it's worth it in the end. Oh, that's a that's a great idea. What better thing to do while we're all stuck in the house? And I think that's going to get some serious clicks. And you'll never, I'm sure it's going to land in the right hands and get reposted by some bigger names. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. We lo- we really look forward to hearing it. Be sure to tag us and let us know so we can check it out because I want to hear it definitely it as soon as it's out. I want to post it. I'm just jealous. I'm not. I'm not in it. Going die, die, <laughs> die. Because you don't want to hear me play guitar, dude. It's it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to hear me play guitar either. I do know the bread fan riff, though. Well, that that one didn't make the cut. <laughs> That's all right. As long as it's not opening, we're good. <laughs> I, I'm fine if it's not opening or closing. I've actually in 30 shows, I've never seen them play it. Oh, what? There you and, go. And I'm I'm okay with it. I I, I, I would not not I, not that I have a problem with it, but you know, there, there's. There's enough, enough other Metallica songs that I would rather hear instead. Like actual Metallica songs, not covers. Exactly. Songs. Oh, yeah. stop, both of you. There's plenty <laughs> of covers that I love, but that's just that's not one of the covers that is on my list of. Must yeah, he'd either. rather listen to the Prince. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's been quite the discussion, Justin. Thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's We've been a pleasure. About man. Uh, forty-five thousand things in the last uh, one hour and twenty-two minutes. Uh, once again, Justin Hunt, Pa Tucket, Rhode Island, with the Road the Lightning Metallica Fan Club chapter, and you can find his amazing photography at entertainmentoutlet.com. It's actually it's the the entertainmentoutlet.com. Sorry, I'm sorry, the <laughs> entertainmentoutlet.com. You got to get the the in there. Yeah, get it right, man. The entertainmentoutlet.com where you can see, in my opinion, the most badass picture of Gene Simmons I've seen in 40 years. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Y'all should go check it out. Well, thanks again, Justin. Let's uh, keep in touch. Uh, Definitely looking forward to that hardwired to self-quarantine riff medley. Hopefully we'll see you sooner than later and maybe uh, catch a few shows on the East Coast when everything gets back to normal. Sounds good. All right, man. Thanks again, Justin. Take care, guys. Good luck with the uh, baby and uh, send some pictures. Will do. Thank you. All right, Justin. We'll see you soon. See ya.